Hi, this is Sean Williams, and welcome to Fashion Decipher. On this episode is going to be a little different because Kevin is not here this time around, so you guys are kind of just stuck with me. Um, I'm going to make this as painless as possible. So this episode will be talking about the Louis Vuitton exhibit, um, and Louis Vuitton currently has a traveling exhibition as a tribute to travel and the history of the brand. It is called Voulez, Vouguez, Voyager, which means to sail, fly, travel. Travel is one of the main themes throughout the exhibit. It's made its way to New York City on October 28th and ended its stay on January 7th, 2018. It has visited other cities as well, such as Seoul, Tokyo, and Paris. I'm not sure exactly where I'll be headed next, but it truly was a fantastic exhibit and it was well executed. It was showcased in the Old American Stock Exchange building in Lower Manhattan. This exhibition was curated by historian Oliver Salazar. The exhibit focused not only on the brand's 164-year history, but on the founder himself and his initial offerings. So just to give you some background on who is Louis Vuitton and um, his his story of coming up, Louis Vuitton left home at an early age of 14 to travel to Paris to be an apprentice as a trunk maker. He introduced flat-top trunks that were revolutionary for its time. You know, most trunks back in that time had curved tops, which were hard for stacking while traveling. Also, Vuitton trunks weren't made from leather, kind of like a lot of the monogram print bags now and the Damier Ben prints, Um, but they were made from a waterproof canvas that was lightweight, which made them easy to be transported. This move helped solidify Vuitton as an innovator of modern luggage. The exhibit breaks down Vuitton's legacy into 10 rooms. And each of the exhibit shows the stages of the man himself and his work. So not only can you feel the growth of Louis Vuitton, but you can see each what each uh, new generation of the Vuitton family had to share. Louis Vuitton's son Georges and his grandson Gaston continued his work. So Louis Vuitton built his business as being a craftsman that can create luggage for the needs of his customers. Um, This is showcased by the trunks that were shown in many of the rooms. There were trunks that held typewriters, books, and jewelry, just to name a few. And what is so great about this exhibit is the juxtaposition of vintage archive pieces from the 1800s next to modern virtual video installations that were used to simulate images. These images are landscapes to match each theme of the rooms. And let's just get into what the rooms were like. Um, you know, I really want to give you uh, um, an idea and give you some imagery of what you may not have seen. Or if you did see it, you kind of can reminisce with me. <laughs> so let's get into the first room. In the first area where you walk in past the coat check is a nod to New York by having a wall of subway tiles with the word Louis Vuitton in it. Kind of like you made a stop at Louis Vuitton, like if you were in the subway system. And just opposite of that wall was um, virtual subway cars that whisked by. Some had graffiti, some had logos, some had um, hotel uh, stickers, and it was just really great representation of the brand, and it's not to New York. So just beyond the trains, you walk into a hallway with a painting of a young Louis Vuitton with a trunk that is spinning and a poster just above it where the name of the exhibit came from. Then you move on to a room filled with vintage trunks that show Vuitton's mastery in creating them for the needs of his clients. Each of them had a specific use for its carrier. 
Um, here is where you see trunks that were made of sh for shoes and hats. And then the very next area had wooden tools that Vuitton used to make trunks for that time. They were laid out in this octagonal case. And that was really interesting to see, you know, how he crafted these trunks. So after you leave this area, there was a hallway and on the walls are vintage Louis Vuitton posters. Then I believe you are then ushered into a room that had a large sail up top. And in the center of the walls, they were painted blue um, about midway. And then you saw waves like the ocean. There are some area under some of the bags um, in some areas, the trunks looked like they were sitting on sand. Um, but it wasn't actually sand, but it looked like sand. And on the other side of the room had wood paneling and a brass rail as if it was the side of a boat. The trunks in this room is placed next to clothing. Now the clothing in this room isn't by LV, but is only there to give the viewer of the exhibit context of what a traveler would be wearing at that time. So it is in here that you see the steamer bags, which I loved and adored. Um, and there also was a trunk in there that opened up and had a fold out bed, which is really interesting to me. So you now move along and you're in a long hallway that is decorated with trees and foliage on the top of the walls and to the center back wall. The floor looks like a street with white dotted lines. Inside the walls are display cases that showcase what trunks would, uh, that they would use uh, to be strapped on the back of cars. One of the first trunks you see is a chauffeur kit. Um, it's in Vuittonite canvas um, from 1910. The room also had a tool trunk and various car trunks in different shapes and monogram prints. There is one particular trunk that stood out to me, which was LV's first use of color monogram. And it was a flat trunk with cobalt monogram print from 1916. And this was discovered way after the Murakami collection. So it was like their first use of color print. Um, and also in that room was a picnic trunk with all of the dinnerware and utensils and drinkware still intact. So now you move on right next to that picnic uh, trunk had it was sitting the Noe or the bucket bag, which is so interesting to note. So if you don't know anything about the bucket bag uh, or the Noe, Louis Vuitton created one of his first modern bucket bags in 1932. It was originally intended to hold and transport five bottles of champagne. For example, each corner would hold a bottle and the middle would have the fifth bottle positioned upside down. This bag was stylish, yet functional and sturdy enough to carry the weight. Um, the next room you move on to uh, had a large airplane perch on top of the room near the ceiling. The room was painted with blue skies and in this room, the clothes that were displayed were actually from Louis Vuitton. And these were designed by Marc Jacobs. There were two glass encasements that contained the clothes that had Damia Ibn prints. On the walls in the glass cases are the Alma and Speedy bags. And just a couple of facts to know about both those bags. So this Speedy bag was created because R.J. Hepburn asked Vuitton to turn the popular keep all travel bag in a miniature day size bag back in 1965. So this way she can carry it regularly and it just became what we know today as the Speedy. 
Um, and the Alma bag, Coco Chanel special ordered a day size version of the Alma Voyage for personal use in 1925. The smaller version that they made for her was placed into LV rotation in 1930. So just, just to know, if you don't know those histories, it's good to know them. And definitely when you at this exhibit, they do explain. So now onto the very next room, which is one of my favorite. And I call it the railroad card room. I don't know if that's what it was called, but I'm going with that. <laughs> this room was designed as an actual railroad car would look like inside. There was so much detail in this room for wood paneling, the tapestry bench, and brass railing. In this room is one long case line that show pieces from Marc Jacobs for LV, along with various bags, and one of which was the very first Neverfull bag, and that was from 1890. In the back of the clothes and the bags is full windows with scenery whizzing by virtually, which is such a great addition to the ambiance of the room. On the opposite side of that glass encasement uh, were the hotel labels from Gaston Vuitton's private collection. So I just really thought that room to me spoke. It was just really beautiful. Um, now, once you leave the railroad car room, you move on to such a dark and moody color room due to the very rich and luxurious suede tufted walls with LV monogram print on them. The room had so many literary trunks one that held books, typewriters, and one that had a desk that pulled out. There was also one trunk in that room that contained book, a book set once owned by one of my favorite designers, Yves Saint Laurent. In the walls, there were octagonal shaped encasements with the LV Stephen Sprouse collection. This area shows the beginning stages of art and designer collaborations for LV. And that started with Marc Jacobs in 2001. The response to that collection alone was so popular and it moved the brand to continue to collaborate with other artists like Murakami, Kasuma, and others. As you walk into a smaller back room is a room with the most ornate design trunks filled from floor to ceiling. And it's in this room that you see two of the Murakami paintings in black and white along with the bags. The next section following uh, this is the old Hollywood room. Again, I do not know if these are the official names of the room, but I'm going along with those. Um, I call it that because it holds so many pieces from stars from film. In this room, you have trunks from luggage from Lauren Bacall, Jane Fonda, and dresses from Adrian wore by Greta Garbo next to her LV luggage filled with her Ferragamo shoe collection. Also, there are pieces from Elizabeth Taylor collection and silent movie star Mary Pickford. Then you move on to a smaller room that had a lot of men's pieces. There is a trunk in there that I absolutely loved and was once owned by the French designer Paul Perret, which, as many know, he was one of the pioneers that moved women's fashion away from big, restrictive clothing. He's also widely known for developing the technique of draping which doesn't really follow um, a pattern-making format if you don't know what draping ma means. Um, and they're really trying to reinvent that, house, that uh, fashion house sidebar, if you don't know. Really interesting, and I'm intrigued to know where that goes. But that trunk had his full last name on the side instead of just the initials. It was kind of like one of the only ones I've seen that looked like that. So on to the next room. And this room had a lot of the other artist collaborations such as Frank Gehry, Supreme, Vivian Westwood, Ray Kabuko, 
um, Isaac Mizrahi, Manolo Blahnik, um, just to name a couple of them. Just beyond that is a small room with trunks designed to hold musical pieces, such as a guitar, a conductor set, a violin, and records. And lastly, you have a room which is covered in the Steven Sprouse graffiti in pink and black. You hear loud music playing, and there is a video playing on a projector that shows various models and actresses wearing the clothes that is in that room, such as Madonna, Ruth Nega, Naomi Campbell, Kate Moss, and, and more. And after you leave that exhibit, you exit through the gift shop where you see LV workers showing you how to make handles. Well, they were making handles the day that I was in there, um, but they could have been doing things on other days, but when I was in there, they were making handles. And it has like an overhead video camera where you can kind of see close up on how they're stitching the leather together. Then you're exposed to all the brand's perfumes, books, and small accessories. They had a limited edition car case and luggage tags in there with the Statue of Liberty printed on them as like a keepsake for the exhibit. And as you walk out of the building, there are associates handing out free pins with, that had three different LV motifs. These pins were from a collaboration um, with LV and Pintrell. If you don't know what Pintrell is, Pintrell is a company that makes enamel pins and they also had prior worked with um, Nike. And they had three different designs and they were the Steven Sprouse Graffiti LV logo, the vintage LV truck that had the exhibit's name on the side, and lastly, the airplane as the one that you see inside the exhibit with the LV logo on the nose. And largely, to me, the exhibition was executed, executed extremely well. Um, the way that they mixed the beginnings of travel and the vintage LV trunks next to modern virtual imagery just was amazing. Um, it really gave the visitor an overall feel that each room was cohesive, not only to the message of who the man Louis Vuitton was, but to the entire exhibit. And honestly, I was truly impressed on how well they showcased the man behind the LV logo that we know today. The Louis Vuitton brand is such a big label, and it seems sometimes that the founder has been forgotten. You know, you don't really think of who he is. Um, so, and I think this was a great way for people to know. So not only him, you don't remember, but the reasons on why Louis Vuitton was built. And it was basically built for travel. So this retrospective puts the viewer back in the mindset of the creator and the heritage of the brand. So if this exhibition lands in your city, um, in your country, definitely go to see it. It's worth the trip. So for Fashion Decipher, I'm Sean Williams. Bye. Hi guys, it's Sean. Make sure you visit our website, fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about. Check out pics from events, of guest speakers, and exhibits. If you miss anything we post, you can visit our archives page. 
Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Leave your email and if you like, a comment. Tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to follow and friend Fashion Decipher on social media. Check out what we're up to. Speak with you next week. Thank you.